has helped her faith grow. And you guys, it takes a lot for someone to stand up on stage and talk to you guys. So let's give her our full attention and respect as Anna tells us her story. So just bear with me. I know that God will help me through it. So can you, will you guys pray with me? God, I thank you for this opportunity. And thank you for all of these junior hires that are willing to come and take up their time on Wednesday nights um, to learn more about you, God. I pray that the words I say tonight are not mine, but are yours. And um, that you'll just use them to affect just a handful of junior hires here tonight. So I thank you, God. Amen. All right. Well, have you guys ever invited someone in who would otherwise have sat alone? Or have you ever wrote a friend a card who was sick or visited them in the hospital? Or have you ever donated something to charity or to a closed drive? And you know that good feeling you get after helping someone out or serving someone? Well, the dad of one of my good friends always says, if you're feeling down about yourself or if you're having a bad day, go and do something for somebody else and it could turn your whole day around. Whenever we serve others, we go into it thinking we're going to be a hero by helping them or changing their lives. We usually affect them in some sort of way, but what we don't expect is to be changed ourselves. When I went to both Guatemala and Haiti, my perception of serving was completely changed. I went into both of these trips thinking I would be helping them in amazing ways and changing their lives and leaving a huge impact. We did this in a very small way, but they also changed my life greatly. I realize how spoiled I am with a loving family, a warm bed, a good church, clean food and hot, or clean water and hot food. Um, I also saw how I take my faith for granted because of those comforts in my life. The people in Haiti weren't afraid to raise their hands while singing or cry out in worship. They came completely open and honest before Christ without fear of holding anything back. It's so easy to claim to be a Christian, but to actually live it out is really hard. In countries like Guatemala and Haiti, and even for those people right here in our community who are living in poverty, both spiritually and physically, faith is the only thing they have that gets them out of bed in the morning. Some days will go by, and not until I'm laying in bed at night do I remember to thank God for everything that he's given me and for all the blessings that I've taken for granted. Throughout my time in Haiti, I learned how much the devil can take a hold of a person. We met various people who literally worshiped the devil and the things they did glorified evil. But standing on the side of the mountain, praying over a man who had completely given his life over to the devil, I felt how powerful Jesus Christ is. Instead of fearing this man who believed in everything I had grown up to fear, I had an overwhelming peace that could only come from Jesus. A few months after the trip, I found out from a friend of mine who also went to Haiti that this same man who had given his life to evil had chosen to follow Christ a few months later. Even when our service to others seems to have no benefits at the time, it's comforting to know that God continues to have control over the situation. Luke writes in the book of Acts, In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. When I give of my time and money to help others out, God in return has blessed me immeasurably. He has shown me the places in my faith where I've become too comfortable. He's provided me with the resources I worry about not having, and he has shown me the beauty of loving other people. 
from those who are walking with no shoes and dirty clothes to those who are driving fancy cars on their way to their million-dollar homes and everyone in between. Each one is made in the image of God. When we serve our brothers and sisters, we are doing it to Christ himself. Um, then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. So I challenge you, the next time you notice someone in need, whether it's inviting them in when everyone sees them as an outcast or donating clothes to a clothes drive, remember who we are serving when we do this. As humans, we naturally want the approval of others, but don't do it hoping your friends will see the great things you've done or expecting praise from them. Do it because you want to show how Christ has first loved you. And remember that in serving others, you will be blessed and changed in ways you never expect. Will you guys pray with me? God, I thank you again just for bringing us all here together and all the blessings you give us. Um, and I thank you for all the opportunities we have to serve other people um, our loved ones, and even people we don't know, God. So I pray that we will just take a hold of those opportunities and really remember that when we're serving them, that we're serving you, God. So I thank you for that, and I thank you for loving us um, with the immeasurable love that you do. Um, bless the rest of tonight. Amen. Sweet. Um, because I like Jesus, let's talk to him right now by praying, okay? Let's pray. Hey, Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you that we live in a country that we can gather on a Wednesday night to hear about you. Thank you that we have friends in this room. Thank you that we have people who we can share our life with. Thank you for leaders that love and care for us. But more importantly, thank you, Lord, for your gift. You died for us, God. Who else is willing to do that? Lord, um, we're about to dive into how we can grow our faith, so I just ask for the next couple of minutes that these words that would come out of my mouth would not be mine, that they would be yours, so that when they come out, Lord, they would go deep into the people's hearts, they would be deeply rooted, and they would spring up a love for you and a life of following you. God, may every single person in this room leave knowing that you are real, your gift is real, and making a choice to follow you, God. Give us ears to hear, Lord. Minds to understand, and a heart to follow. We love you. And you just name pray. Amen. I got to share a story with you, okay? Can I have attention for this story? It's a really important story. It's a really good story. It's actually a, a true story, which makes it even better. So because it's a true story, I, I can't start with once upon a time. But I'm going to start with this. There was a man and a woman. And they lived in this crazy, amazing place. It was, well, perfect. They were never sad, never hungry, never worried, never stressed. Nothing bad ever 
happened. Why? Because the creator was perfect. And since the creator made this place, everything in this place was perfect. And the creator loved this man and this woman very deeply. He gave them everything that they would ever need. Including a walking, talking relationship with his creator. Until one day, this man and this woman decided that obeying and following and listening to the creator was something they didn't want to do. They saw something that looked good, sounded good, and thought it would be good for them. And so they took it. They believed a lie. And because they lived a lie, and they believed it, that they could be just like their creator. But that's all it was, was a lie. And so they chose to disobey their creator. And because they chose to disobey, they couldn't go back to this perfect place. The place, the people, and this relationship with the creator was broken. The man and woman's purpose for existing was to know and be with their creator. And that could no longer happen because these imperfect people could no longer be with their perfect creator. Something stood between creator and creation. And that was sin. You see, sin is the act of either not doing what the creator told us to do or doing exactly or not doing what he told us to do. But this creator loved his creation and wanted deeply to fix this brokenness. So the creator told this man and this woman, there is hope. One day I'm going to send a man and he's going to make all things new. I'm going to fix the brokenness. I'm going to restore this relationship that you and I can be together. Years and years went by. And this creator showed his creation over and over again that he exists, that he is in control, and that he loves his creation very much. You see, the creator wanted to show his creation who he was so that when he came down to earth by sending his only son, his creation would recognize him. But his creation did not recognize him. You see, the son left a perfect throne and entered this imperfect world, but he wasn't recognized. So the creation took the creator, they beat and they killed him, and they hung him on a cross to die. But that's okay because that's what the creator wanted. The creator knew that the minute that son died, he took on every single person's sin that ever has lived, ever will live on himself. The anger that creator had against his creation because they disobeyed was all put on his son one time. When he took his final breath, it was done. But the son didn't deserve death, you see, because he never once disobeyed his creator. So three days later, when death could not hold him, sin could not defeat him, the creator raised his son up again, showing his creator that nothing would ever separate them again. But if only his creation would turn from the sin and come to him. If only his creation would have faith, trust, belief in the son and when they do that, that brokenness, that sin would be taken away and a relationship between creator and creation would be restored. They could walk. They could talk again. But you see, that's not where the story ends. Just because the son has raised from the dead, there is more for you and for me. No, you see this creation who would believe and trust and have faith would be invited by the creator to go and tell this story to everybody so that they would know and pass on this relationship and that as the days would grow on this creation would know that the relationship with God would grow deeper and wider and stronger and that's the story of God that's the story of the human race but here we are in our 21st century and that story's been passed on and on and on so that you guys here in this room would know about Jesus Christ would choose to believe in him and enter into a relationship with your creator 
if you haven't decided yet, maybe you're sitting there going, Kelly, I don't believe any of that stuff. God's not real. The Bible's not real. All of this is just makeup stuff. That's okay. Maybe if you're like, Kel, I really want to believe in God, but I have absolutely no proof that he actually exists. Maybe you haven't made your mind, and that's okay. We're glad you're here. We want you to keep asking questions, keep seeking. If you need answers, if you want to talk to somebody, talk to your small group leader, talk to Elliot, talk to Nikki, talk to me. But I have a very important question for you guys tonight. Let's say, for those of you who said, you know what, I totally believe in God. I have made that choice. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he died on the cross, rose from the grave, and that if I put my trust in him, if I follow him, then I am saved, and I'm going to be in heaven with him forever. What's next? What's next? See, we talk a lot about making that decision, but, but what happens next? You're saved. You're good, right? You're in a relationship with God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, but now what? What's next? What do we do with our faith? What do we do with our relationship now? What do you guys think? I want to hear some ideas. Who's got an idea? What do we do now? We're saved. Now what? Anybody got any ideas? Raise your hand. Don't be shy. Shout them out. And Yeah. We, we go to God and do what? Thank him. Okay. We thank him. That's a good one. What else do we do? Yeah. We party. We party because we're saved. That's a good one. You can become a chaos leader. That, that is an option. Yeah. What else do we do? What do we do, guys? We're saved. Now what? Ooh, we tell other people. That's a good one. What else do we do? We sit silently in the dark in a gym. That's a good one. Yeah. We do what God, what does God want us to do? She says, do what God wants us to do. What does he want us to do? Be good, help other people. Praise him. All right. Trust and obey him. Nice. You see, we're starting this new series, you guys, this month called Grow. And we're going to answer that very question. The past month we've been learning about God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and the Bible. But now we want to answer the question, how do we take these next steps if we have chosen to believe in Jesus? How do we grow in our faith? Well, first we have to answer what the question is, what is faith? So, Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. That faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance, a.k.a. promises, about things we cannot see. Who here can see God? Who's seen him, his face? Anybody? Anybody? There's only a few people that want to raise their hand on that question. No? Nobody? Yeah? Will over there thinks he's seen God? No? Not so much? Okay. So faith means that we believe in something that does it we cannot see. We cannot prove, maybe necessarily exist. And we hope for things. That's what faith means. Jesus is coming back. Who knew that? How exciting is that? Jesus is coming back. Faith is saying that I believe in something that's going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. Faith means I believe in a God that exists, even though I can't tell you what he looks like. That is faith. But I don't know about you guys. Listen up. Uh, my faith life isn't just like this big, happy unicorns and rainbows, right? It's more like a roller coaster ride. Like sometimes my faith is like up high and it's huge and I can move mountains which is awesome, and then sometimes my faith feels like it's this tiny mustard seed that I can barely hold in my hand, and I'm terrified that it's going to fall away. And sometimes my faith feels like I'm just trucking along the tracks, and I'm not really going anywhere. And it's kind of like my relationship with God. Has anybody ever felt like, oh my gosh, God and I are like BFFs. We're walking alongside each other. Things are going great. It's awesome, right? 
But how many of you have ever been like, God, where are you? I can't see you. I pray to you. I don't know where you're at. See, that's what our faith like is like. But the next couple weeks, we want to give you guys tools and how to make that grow. Because guess what? Welcome to the rest of your life. You're going to have highs and lows, but you can do things to help grow your faith. And what I want to talk to you about tonight is sharing and serving. And I believe that sharing and serving go hand in hand. You see, when I share money, food, clothing, I'm serving people's physical needs. When I share my time, I'm, I'm feeding people's emotional needs. When I share Jesus, I'm meeting people's spiritual needs. And then you flip it. When I serve through volunteer work or mission trips or at my house, I'm sharing my resources in Jesus with others. Serving and sharing is so necessary in growing our faith. But how? Like, how does serving people and sharing Jesus help grow our faith? Anne did a great job of talking about that, that when she went out and served in Haiti and Guatemala and other places, she saw that she felt grateful for what God has given her. But she also saw the people, ooh, there I am. She also saw people that didn't have a lot still have this huge faith in God, and that inspired her. But there's three ways tonight I want to talk to you guys about how your serving and sharing can help grow your faith. And the first one is this, that when we share and serve, we get to experience God showing us that he actually exists. How many of you have ever doubted that God exists? Raise your hand. Be honest. I can see you in the back. That's good. I have too. But when we serve and when we share with others, God can show up in the craziest ways and leave us thinking there is no way that that would have happened if there wasn't a God. And when we have those moments of only God can have done that, we get reasons that God exists and our faith grows. In the Bible verse I have up there, John witnessed Jesus saying this, believe me when I say I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. What Jesus is saying is like when I serve people, when I made the blind see, when I made the lame walk, when 5,000 hungry men, women, and children were out there and I fed them with 12, was it 12 loaves, 7 loaves, 5 fish, something like that, <laughs> something like that, something like that. I was showing you guys that I was God. You guys, when we go out and we serve the needs of people, crazy things can happen. But you're never going to witness those crazy things if what? If you don't go out and start serving first. You want to sit there and be like, well, I don't know if God exists. Where have you put yourself out there so God can show you he exists? If you're sitting in your room doing nothing, if you're playing video games all day, if you're going through your own routine and you don't go out there and take risks, how is God going to show you he exists? He's going to pop through your video game and go, guess what? I'm God. I'm real. I mean, he could scare you. But that's not usually the way God shows up. For example, in my life, I was a first-time camp counselor with my first cabin. And I got the opportunity to serve junior high girls and share Jesus probably for the first time ever. And we just got done with the Bible study on a dock. And a junior high girl came up to me and she's bawling. And I'm thinking to myself, great, I broke my first camper. Like, they're going to kick me out. What is going on? Why is she crying? And she comes up to me and she goes, Kelly. I want Jesus to come into my life. You see, those were tears of joy because for the first time, this girl had gotten that Jesus was real and he had saved her from her sins. 
But what did I do? I just shared. I, I didn't open up her heart to see Jesus. I didn't open up her mind. I didn't make her say yes. And in that moment, you guys, I knew God was real because only God can change hearts. But I would never have gotten to witness this moment of God proving to me that he exists if I hadn't shared and served. The second thing when we share and serve, we get to see that God provides and he cares for us. Jesus speaks about this in his Sermon on the Mount in Luke. He says this, give your life away and you'll find life given back. But not merely given back, but given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. What I mean for this is when you give to other people, whether that's money, food, resources, God shows up and provides things for you because you've given to other people. For example, I graduated from college. I got a job. My parents are proud. But my job was a youth leader, and I was only part-time, and I did not get paid very much. But I believe that the money that I was getting was not mine. It was God's. God owns it all. I was just borrowing it. So I had decided that, you know what? Because God has so generously given to me, I was going to generously give back to the church because I wanted to support God's mission, not only in the youth group, but reaching everybody in my community. So I gave every single time. I got a check. The first thing I did was write a check back to the church. But it was one month, and I was very low on funds, and I needed gas. Now, I live in the middle of nowhere. Seriously, my town is 300 people. So to get anywhere, I kind of needed gas in my car. So I prayed about it because I had no idea how else I was going to get money. And one day I got a letter in the mail, like a day later. And this letter in the mail was from the high school there because I had volunteered to do some choreography for their dance team. And in the letter was a thank you note. And in the thank you note was a gift card to a gas station. I didn't need it. They didn't need it to get to me. But God, you guys, because I had so generously given to others, God knew my needs, and God worked in a crazy way to provide exactly what I needed. It wasn't just a gift card. It was a gift card to a gas station. When we give and share, our faith grows because we see that our God is trusted, and he can provide for us. And last, but definitely not least, when we serve and share, we discover that life is not about us. Serving and sharing is about putting God first and others second. It's about caring for other people's needs. And Jesus was the best example of this. Think about it, you guys. When Jesus came down to earth, who needed, who could have been served more than Jesus? He was the son of God. He made the universe. If anybody had the right to demand everybody else in this world to serve him, it was Jesus. But what does Jesus do? He says to us in Matthew 20, For even the son of man, which is Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. If the Son of God, you guys, comes to serve, who are we to do anything less? Serving and sharing is about seeing a need and meeting it. It's about getting out of your comfort zone and reaching out to help others. It's about putting down the phone, putting down the computer, and actually having face-to-face -face conversations with your family and your friends. It's about giving up some money that you would have rather spent on yourself of things that you don't really need to give to people who actually have things in their life that they need. It's about saying no to some activities, so you say yes, spending time with God and others so that other people can hear the good news that you all claim to have in your heart. 
It is about crossing the line and going where no one else is going. It's about standing up, standing out, and going against the norm. It's about seeing the others the way that God sees them. And God sees every single person as valuable and someone worth dying for. It's about giving to others because we have been so greatly given by Jesus Christ because he gave us his life. It's about loving others as Christ has loved us. It's about giving because God has given us everything when we didn't deserve it. And gather in real close because here's the key to all of this. When you start living your life for God first and others second, not only does your faith grow, but your own life all of a sudden is full of joy, love, peace, and it is more satisfying and more rewarding than any other life that you could ever have lived for yourself. I know it seems backwards, but that's how Jesus lived when he came down and showed us the best way to live. So let us serve, let us share first to God and then to others. And maybe you guys can be finding life sooner than later. Guys, we get one life to live. That's it. I don't know if you guys know that. You get one try at this. So let's spend our life, you guys, listening to God who tells us the best way to live it is to share and to serve. 